we're back. Welcome to But Make It Hallmark, our 12 Days of Christmas special. Guys, we're on day seven, and I'm here with you. My name is Patty, and I'm here with Chingai. Hey, Chingai. Hi again. Hi. <laughs> it's us again. <laughs> it was but yesterday when we gave you six, our episode six of, you know, these geese that lay in really bad movies, but today is our seventh episode where, I don't know, is it a Swans is Swimming so well for us? We bring you three more movies from the seven-day Thanksgiving marathon that Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas is giving us, meaning the whole week it's a new movie, and that's why you're hearing from us so often. No, actually, after this, it will be back to our regular Wednesday releases. And so we hope we're ending this uh, back-to-back-to-back, our triple header with a bang. So... (laughs) Chingai, how are you feeling about us recording so soon and the movies we just watched? It's like, time went by really fast. It went went fast, then slow, then it just picked up. And like, uh, where are we even? Is it New Year now? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I guess let's dive right into it. Yeah, it's it's a good week. I think Hallmark saved these three movies and timed them to come out right smack on Thanksgiving when everyone's, you know, done with dinner, I suppose, and just hanging out by the TV and just ready to get into this Countdown to Christmas marathon. So we start this seventh episode with Good Morning Christmas starring Alison Sweeney and Mark Lucas. Two squabbling TV hosts are sent to a festive small town over Christmas. While pretending to get along for the sake of appearance, they discover that there's more to each other than they thought. The town of Mistletoe has won Deck Your Town with Bright and Mary. We're filming for a week. Oh, oh I no can't do that. I can do that. You need to work on your Christmas. I'm not really a Christmassy guy. <laughs> Allison Sweeney. We wouldn't be a very good couple. Some days we're not even good co-hosts. Mark Lucas. Jingle all the way. Do, do, do. <laughs> so I had mixed feelings. Uh, when, I, when I saw <laughs> Good Morning Christmas, which was supposed to be Merry and Bright, something yeah. like that. They changed the title last minute. I had mixed feelings because as you know, if you've been listening to our podcast, you'll know my feelings about Mark Lucas. I'm not... <laughs> Patty loves him. <laughs> Me, not so much. And we've never discussed Alison Sweeney on this podcast, primarily because... <laughs> We don't really watch her movies. I tried one time and then I quit like a third of the way through and and I guess I got PTSD after that and said, no, I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna get into it. But then I had to because, because we're doing we're doing all the movies. Yeah. But I had a feeling, you know, my intuition was talking to me. When I saw the poster and I, I saw that it would be like a morning show that themed movie i i had a feeling that this would be a good one despite mark lucas and allison sweeney anyway so it's like they're on the today show complete with rocky feller center as the background he's the type of guy who likes to go off script she likes everything rehearsed he decides that his time on the show is up and he's calling it that's it so the producer in an effort to give them like an ending with a big bang gives them a seven-day Christmas special called Deck the Town with Mary and Bright. So they're sending them off to a town, which sounds very much like Cranberry Christmas, where a <laughs> TV, TV crew goes to a town and does all the festivities over there. 
on TV, they're great. Off screen, they're not the best <laughs> of friends. Yeah, they're, they're, they're always at each other's necks. And of course, they spend all this time in Mistletoe, Maine together, uh, partaking in the festivities. And, and then that's where things get interesting. For me, the plot is it's same as a lot of things we've seen, but different. I, I can't describe why it lands differently because it just seems snappier, fresher. I don't know if this cause if this is because I watched a morning show on Apple TV and and I'm getting vibes of that. Obviously, Alison Sweeney is no Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> but I I actually I actually liked it. So um this is part one of the redemption of Mark Lucas and Alison Sweeney for me. Yeah, Good Morning Christmas has a warm by the fire plotline for me. What about you? I mean, this movie delivered. I had low expectations and not because I'm not a Mark Lucas fan. I fucking love Mark Lucas. We all know this, guys. <laughs> I've, I've chosen to fuck him. I've chosen to marry him. Like, it's love. So the onus was on Alison Sweeney. I happened to sit through that movie you mentioned. It's time for us to come home this Christmas or something along those lines. I forget. There was a Movies and Mysteries movie from maybe two years ago or a year ago with Lucas Bryant. And I love Lucas Bryant. So I sat through it and then I also got PTSD. I want to pick up on a point you said we're in off screen they're so like their relationship is so bad so they they go off the air and from like you know banter banter on air cut they go off the air and they're at it like cats and dogs the switch is so 180 it's like a fucking whiplash but it's amazing it's like damn these people are good and then they move into the office of the producer where they're being told that he wants to leave the show and then again it's another like 180 because then she's like wait you're leaving? Like, oh, wait, why are you affected? You would, you should be happy. I know that, you know, you guys are like the number one new show and it's because of your banter and your chemistry, but you hate his guts. Why are there feelings there? And I love those switches because it takes it, it makes it so layered, a movie of like, there's the professional, there's the personal, and there's the subconscious that they're just about to unearth. And I'm all for it. Holy shit, Alison Sweeney. I never thought I would be rooting for you. And yet here we are. 2020, what can I say? <laughs> what a year. Their chemistry was great. And I think that in, in this movie, it, it really proved that two wrongs make a right. <laughs> because if you fucked and married Mark Lucas, I've killed him every single time. Yes, so yeah, I think it's like, they're both spitfires here. It's so off the cuff and playful, the energy that we get from them. Allison obviously has like a huge crush on him, even if she's never gonna admit it. And he's like an ex NFL player who has a girlfriend because he went on the Bachelor type reality show. They're just totally different personalities, and she keeps pigeonholing him and thinking that he's a certain way. And and you know, he has this look in his eyes where he's amused by how she has him in a box. And I like how he spends this time slowly drawing it out of her, you know, teasing her so that she eventually has to admit or slips that, yeah, she was actually watching the show all along and she knew who she was and she was admitting her insecurities and that's why they had all that tension between them. Their chemistry was great. The chemistry was so good and fucking surprising. They aged Mark Blucas a bit in this movie, and I'm all for it. Holy shit, that silver fox, like prequel to a silver fox, I'm there. I kind of wish they did like some 
the Bachelor like flashbacks. I mean, all these movies have so many fucking flashbacks. Give me a flashback to the Bachelor. We can have Brennan Elliott cameo as like the host. In an <laughs> unreal. See how I just inserted Brennan Elliott here? Always. Like I, I just love seeing the transformation of them, you know, coming from hate to like jealousy. And you're right, he was just teasing her. I mean, how could he not be jealous? There's this gorgeous mayor, sorry, deputy mayor. Who's he, he deserves a diff- a whole other mention, by the way. <laughs> this this our deputy mayor is the deputy yeah. mayor needs to be in our rom com with Marina. Uh-huh. <laughs> Marina holiday. deserves the yeah. ma- Maria and the mayor. Marina and the mayor <laughs> need to be together, FYI. But yeah, the deputy mayor is fine and he need he really needs his own spin-off. But we got the hidden camera confessions. But you know what? Did I care? No. Did I care that there was the cheesiest sleigh ride of confession? Usually I would be like, oh my god, cringe, cringe. But no, I was all in when he freaking came out in that sleigh. I'm like yeah. he's he slayed me in that sleigh. <laughs> and every time every time a slayer a carriage comes out, I'm I'm a little nervous. <laughs> but I, I was totally into this whole thing. Just because I guess I was I was like drawn into it. I mean if I'm gonna if I'm gonna surrender my dislike for Mark Bucas and if I'm gonna be into Alison Sweeney as a leading lady, yeah. then yes. All bets are off. I mean, let let's yeah, let's go with the sleigh. Let's exactly. go for that grand gesture. Yes. And then of course, you know, you have all these meaningful conversations about how she calls him, he calls her out and thinking, you know, you think I have it easy? Because she's always like, you know, telling him how he always gets soft landings and all that. And then it it comes from that of like and then now he sets up a fucking cookie decorating Christmas for her because oh, yeah. he, you know, he listened and he called her sister. And he's like, I'm going to bring these traditions for you. This is Mr. Grinch who doesn't like celebrating Christmas. And then, of course, in these little conversations, they have meaningful conversations, DM, you know, he's like asking her, like, why is she single? I just don't get it. Like, you know where this is going. And I love it. I love it so much. You could tell he was crazy jealous and he acted on it. Go get your girl. I, I love that cookie surprise because um, that's where he brings up her relationship history. And he actually says, did you bake with him while yeah. they're baking together? <laughs> you can't get any more <laughs> direct than that. The only thing, the only thing that's marring this whole, this whole flirtation yes. is the fact yes. that he has a girlfriend. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, don't, you know, don't, don't be playing. <laughs> yeah, don't be playing. Christy... Yeah. I wish they had portrayed Christy in another way, but I get it. I get that they had to present her. Because I feel like Christy was a remnant of Hallmark from five years ago, where there's this gorgeous model, exotic girlfriend. And I I get the Asian trope of the Asian girlfriend. (laughs) The stereotype. Yes, I wish they hadn't gone there. That part I wasn't too pleased about. But you know what? I'm forgiving everything. I'm feeling generous. This movie was great. It's really a fucking surprise I didn't see coming. Like, he looks amazing, like I mentioned, aging like a fine wine. Like, he cable cared. Cable knit sweaters. Yeah, cable knit sweaters, great burgundy coats, gray coats, just like great broad shoulders to carry these coats, you know? He cared, he listened, he executed. Like, and when they fought, they both said sorry so easily. Like, they saw each other, got off the fucking sleigh, said sorry, and everything was okay. Got off the sleigh, you had to mention. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was on the sleigh. And yeah, even if, you know, we've seen this before, we've seen this sparring co-worker trope before, 
but layering this Christmas holiday and all these feelings and all the snow. And again, Alice and Sweeney coming from behind and, and surprising us. I am down, warm by the fucking fire. I have never been happier to eat my words about a Mark actress and actor. I'm not gonna let Mark Lucas off the hook so easily, but just because it's Christmas, I'm gonna give this one to you. Warm by the fire. <laughs> so generous. So generous. <laughs> Which is crazy because, like, I mean, not to spoil the movies we're going to see later on, but I have to say, I'm still thinking about this movie. Like, two days later. So, I gotta give it to them. We always judge on a curve. I I get that. And coming from last episode where that was tough, I don't want it to just give praise to this movie relative to those. Because I'm judging this relative to what's today. And today is a great day. So, good job. Good morning, Christmas. And we'll have to take a break because we need to fan ourselves and get ready for the next marathon of movies that are going to take your breath away. We'll see you then. Welcome back to But Make It Hallmark. We just finished discussing our first movie, Good Morning Christmas, and we're moving on to the second offering from the seven-day Thanksgiving marathon of Countdown to Christmas. It's called Christmas by Starlight, and it stars none other than Paul Campbell and Kimberly Susted. Fun fact, they also wrote this movie. So when her family's beloved eatery, the Starlight Cafe, is slated for demolition, Annie vows to put a stop to it before Christmas. Starlight, star bright. I wouldn't work for you for a million dollars. How about two? Really? Can these two get Christmas right? You said casual. I meant like, you know, nice casual, not bingo night at the Legion. Coming from the fact that Robert Buckley wrote The Christmas House last week and killed us, I definitely had high expectations for Christmas by Starlight. It, I'll, I'll call it out the moment Chingai me- messaged me about this. She goes, it's two weeks notice, but make it Hallmark. And you know what? I'm not complaining. That movie starring Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant is a high bar to clear. And I'd like to think Hallmark did their own spin to it in a good way. There's the fact that we're saving a diner. You know, there's a misunderstood, arrogant, rich guy, a hardworking, well-meaning girl. You got a holiday fundraiser party you have to, you know, plan for, an investor you have to, you know, impress and get together with, and then, of course, the town coming together. Don't forget, ugly Christmas sweaters, uh, and, you know, just all the drama that comes with the stress of getting to know someone, not really wanting to do things, and just, like, overall chaos. The preview for this movie had Kimberly and Paul talking about how this was super funny, and that kind of worried me. Because I was like, wait, they just said it's going to be funny. Like, will it be funny? Are they funny? Yeah, yeah, they are funny. They're so good. There's a reason why we love them in Wedding Every Weekend. And there's a reason why coming together again for the holidays was such a good idea. Because together, they elevated this. It could have been, we've seen this trope before. Small town getting a demolition. Big company doing that. Heck, we just saw it with Christmas Tree Lane. Christmas Tree Lane, yeah. Exactly. We literally just saw that, like, what, four weeks ago? 
So it's not like we're not surprised by this. And yet they make it so fresh because their banter, the, the script they wrote, it's so good. They're so fast. They're so snappy. They're just so, they're so good. So we, we have seen the demolition storyline, but I like that this is set in Chicago where, you know, it's like city gentrification and all of that, which makes it like two weeks notice. But yeah, I didn't mind. I mean, Okay, for me, uh, the first half was probably slow, or I wasn't paying as much attention to it as I probably should have, because I knew where it was going, because I'd seen two weeks' notice a million times. But then it veers off the two weeks' notice plot. And then things get a little spicy. The script, it, it's well-written. It, the jokes get better and better and better. And then we get the side characters who only add more to this plot. I understand, again, that there's this danger of tokenism going on here with, you know, putting the, putting the LGBTQ characters, inserting them. But I feel like they did give these side characters a little more to do. They were, mm, they were driving the plot as well. They weren't just there as mirrors for reflection of the main characters. I, I appreciate them. And yeah... I don't know. Since last week, I've been giving all these secondary characters a lot more attention <laughs> than I used to. I mean, great. Uh, the poor little rich boy trope. Yes, we're used to it. We're used to the hardworking girl. I love Kimberly Sustad's family in this movie. So they did insert an adoption storyline here where she was adopted by these two parents and... Yada yada yada. That that's fine. I mean, it's Christmas. Great. We've seen it over and over again. I think I think every week we get an adoption storyline. So <laughs> more power to adoption. Uh, when I was watching this movie, I was like, why does? I mean, yes, it's familiar because of two weeks' notice. But then saving the cafe just seems like a, a super familiar plot. And I realized it's because Patty and I and her other friend Macy just watched Midnight at the Magnolia on Netflix. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, and they were they were saving the Magnolia, which also had live music, which also had a party. I'm like, why does this look so familiar? And I was going through the Hallmark list, and there was like no movie with a cafe, and then and then I remembered the Magnolia movie. This this was thing. However, miles 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 better than that. I will see Kimberly Sustad and Paul Campbell in anything from now on. I mean, let them be the Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks of Hallmark movies. Yes! <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. I was like, clearly they did well in Wedding Every Weekend. They did super amazing here. We need another, like, in the Philippines, the concept of a love team is a thing wherein two actors that work so well together just keep getting paired. And I know that Hallmark loves kind of, like, experimenting with different, like, Pairings, and I think we've had some that have sustained that. So we're seeing Christmas, a uh, Christmas waltz with Will Kemp and Lacey Chabert tomorrow, and well, today technically, and they also did Love, Romance, and Chocolate. So there are these recurring pairings. Kimberly Sustad and Paul Campbell need more movies. I want them in a Valentine's one. I want them in a spring one. I want them in a fall one. Just give them everything. Give them everything. It's so good. You know, I have to credit Kimberly Sustad here because if it wasn't her playing this character, I think I would be nitpicking this person because number one, she's a dog person. <laughs> number two, <laughs> I I did not appreciate that she was making fun of the foie gras. I take issue with people who can't try new things and will just Working be fried class. chicken forever. Yeah, but because it was her, she was so adorable 
and nurturing and just so easygoing with everyone. She was the type of person who made friends with everyone, thereby helping Paul Campbell rope in business, right? Get get better get better deals and all of that. It was it was because of her personality and I appreciated that. I don't think any other actress could have done the same. For sure, they couldn't. I was expecting a lot of this movie because obviously it's my favorite people in a movie together and they haven't led me astray. The the banter they would have, like just coming back to it, it's just crazy how they kind of, like it really felt like two weeks notice shot for shot complete with them in a car and them being like panicky because, you know, he's being himself and like totally out of touch and she's just being like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was just like, wow, like they really went for it, but I like it. When Paul Campbell met her parents, bless those parents, they are adorable, at a home for a meal, you know, that's when it like really clicked for him. That's when you kind of saw him, like it was all downhill for him from there. He was, he was in. That's when he started wearing the sweaters and those sweaters on him. Like I swear, there needs to be a fucking sweater award because that burgundy sweater he was wearing. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, please. They are the gift that keeps on giving. I could just listen to this the whole time. I'm, I'm so easy. The lions here, when he quotes great expectations and he finds <laughs> out um, Dickens is her favorite. There, there's this part where they go to a toy store and he's so happy that he sees an ice cream stand and he he says that he bets that she's gonna get vanilla. You know, how how he had all these remarks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Being a dick about it, but, but it was funny, right? And then you do see that switcheroo where he starts falling for her. And Paul Campbell is exceptionally talented because he's able to channel that that falling in love feeling with his eyes. He doesn't say anything, but the way he looks at her, you know what's happening inside. You know. And that, that, I think, that comes to a climax when we get them spending an entire evening together going into the morning. They, they attend the party together with uh, Christmas sweaters and calling back about the dress code, dressing casual for it. And then they end up having a meal because he asks her after the party if she's hungry. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can eat. And then they end up in the kitchen and he cooks grilled, he makes grilled cheese cooks. for her. He cooks, he cooks, he cooks. And, and that's, that's so easy. Yeah, that, that's... The, the kind of thing you get in a Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks movie or a two weeks yeah. notice, right? Where yes. where they just stretch it out and they have one thing after the next and they don't run out of things to talk about. And yeah, 100%. Here is a surprise. Paul Campbell's not just some, you know, poor little rich boy. He has some talents within him. He can cook. And I know it's just, it's quote unquote, just grilled cheese but it's the sentiment of it it's that he could produce something here's this guy who somehow can't get anything right despite everything given to him and then he does this very like basic thing for her and obviously you can tell she's like oh like you're functional you're a human I have an idea. I have an idea. So so okay. we have to bring up Brendan Elliot again here. Brendan Elliot <laughs> and Paul Campbell should have a grilled cheese cook-off. Stand-off. Yes. That happened in Christmas in Vienna too. He made grilled cheese yes. for, for his kids. <laughs> oh my god. We are there. <laughs> We're there. Can we we'll judge it and we'll love both of them. But really, guys, like overall, obviously, when the Hallmark stars come out to play and write, fuck, they come out. Like, there's no half-assing this. Robert Buckley did so well. Paul Campbell did so well. And what does this mean? I say every Hallmark star that has some talent 
excellent in writing. <laughs> Put, you know, tell Michelle Vickery, you know, shoot your shot. Now is the time. Diversity is key. Lyle, your future sagacious COO, like, I know it was a bit tokenism for you, but you are most welcome. Lyle and his husband. Yes. I mean, le- yeah, let, let's let's bring the husband in because because he's he's fabulous. <laughs> in his turtleneck. I love him. Exactly. Psychologist, but also it was like all about the food trends. Like, yes, please. I love how he sat Kimberly so stood down and just really wanted to help her out. Like, again, this movie, the side characters, Asian Helen, you know, confronting Paul Catmull's yeah, character and being she like, this is the him. dude. <laughs> like like a true Asian mom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I love it so much. And then in the end, you could see Helen like matchmaking people in the diner. Like, that's the aunt you have. That's just matchmaking everyone. Again, this movie just had so much, so many nice little bits and pieces to it. And it could have gone so wrong. It could have like, also just rested on its laurels of being like a Paul Campbell, Kimberly Sustad film, but it didn't. It rose above it and showed that these two. I have chemistry for a reason, but I also just want to keep watching this because they're so funny and they're so good together. It's effortless band. Props to the singer, too. She she had a really good yeah. voice. Yeah. She did. I, I don't know how many times we've heard Silent Night over the last <laughs> couple of weeks, but I, I listened when she sang. <laughs> I didn't even mind oh, that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, seriously, Warm by the Fire. Warm by I, the I Fire. Yeah. So, so far. Uh-huh. Oh, what a... So good, guys. So good. So see, this is where we get nervous because Hallmark's given us two, two not just good, two great ones in a row. Like... What could come up next? I mean, I they, they really had to hurt us with the last three <laughs> so they could make make up for it. But yeah, we, let's see. When we come back after the break, we'll talk about the third movie for Thanksgiving, which is Five Star Christmas. And we're back with two of the top BMIH performers, <laughs> we cannot say enough good things about Bethany Joy Lenz and Victor Webster. I think this entire podcast was spawned because of these two people, Bethany Joy Lenz in Bottled with Love and Victor Webster in Summer Villa, two of the top movies in the Hallmark Cinematic Universe. Patty and I went into this a little nervous because, you know, we have so much invested in these two so people. Much. And, so much. you know, we had high hopes that they would pull through for us. But, you know, Hallmark has let us down a couple of times before, so we weren't so sure. We're going to talk about Five Star Christmas starring Bethany Joy Lenz and Victor Webster. When a travel writer shows up unexpectedly at their dad's B&B, the Ralston family all pretend to be guests in hopes of a good review. Lucy falls for guest Jake, but can't share her secret. Dad is running a B&B now. Surprise! There's this travel critic. She shows up incognito. We're all going to be the guests and staff. I'm Walter. Hers. Hers? Yes, I'm Walter. Hers. Hers. Hello! Oh, oh. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. You two seem to have clicked. You're getting the hottest, absolute hottest take. <gasps> For this movie because we just watched it today, like a couple of hours ago. So this is like fresh, fresh, fresh in our memory. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this movie. Like the Christmas house, it's it's an ensemble cast. We have a lot of plot lines to follow. But Hallmark didn't screw it up this time. They got everything right. 
everything weaved together well. So we get we get Bethany Joy Lens, Lucy, who's like a branding boss person who goes back to her whole old house and then we immediately cut to an, a couple in a car and then we get we cut into grandpa picking up his granddaughter at the bus station so at first we don't know how all of these things fit until all these people end up at a house which has to their surprise been t- turned into an inn so their dad, because he's, I don't know, it's the winter of his life, <laughs> decides to decides to change things up and turn the family house into an inn without a business plan, without any consultation whatsoever. And of course, he's kind of in the red because he just did this spontaneous thing. And so when they find out that this critic is coming, they all just kind of panic and decide to play pretend. So... Lucy <laughs> sticks to the storyline where she's the daughter of the dad. Grandpa ends up being like the caretaker. The brother and the sister-in-law end up being guests at the well-traveled guests at the inn. And baby sister becomes chef, the chef of the inn. And they're all like desperately trying to make an impression here and trying to get like the best review possible so that they can save the house, save the inn, save the dad. The grandma, not knowing anything about what's going on, comes in. It's just one thing after another. This feels like an I Love Lucy episode, but, but make it Hallmark, but make it 2020 in a good way. It's fresh, it's quick, everything works, everything, the timing of this movie is impeccable. This is, this instantly reminded me of The Family Stone, but make it Hallmark, because it's a a family movie. But then we also get Patty's favorite Victor Webster (laughs) with his big beast energy, (laughs) BBE. Yeah, um... We do get predictable twists here. Of course. Of like course. Of, of course the under who the person who they think is a critic isn't really a critic and of course it's Victor Webster who's actually the critic. And who cares, right? We all that matters is how sharp the banter is, how snappily everything falls into place and how Victor Webster and Bethany Joy Lens just have a natural chemistry between them. I know, Patty, you have a lot to say, so go ahead. <laughs> Get it out. I have been giggling like a schoolgirl since 1 p.m. this afternoon. I was super duper nervous for Five Star Christmas. It stars my ultimate favorites on Hallmark. Bethany Joy Lenz was gorgeous in every single fucking shot of this movie. She's always looked good. Like, her... her her wardrobe in Bottled with Love was amazing. She looked great and like just my type. But here, like with her darker chestnut hair, she had really nice, like bold, like wine lipstick on. Her like hunter green sweaters. She just looked like, oh my god, I wanna be you. How are you getting so hot in every scene? And guys, we'll get into more of this later. But we know Bethany Joylands is tiny. We know how huge Victor Webster is. The height differential alone. But I just wanted to, I just kept pausing the scene, just looking at them. <laughs> when she looks up at him, she must have some neck pain. And he, like, looking down, he has to stoop. Like, he has to bend 45 degrees to meet her halfway. I, I, 
I'm so in love with this movie. It was so scary because there were so many characters, but I cared about the other characters. You'd think that with Bethany Joy Lance and Victor Webster and something, I would just ignore everyone, but I couldn't because I actually cared for them. What is happening? What is happening? I'm in love. Their chemistry was like off the charts. They had this meaningful conversation and I haven't mentioned any authentic conversations TM in a very long time because they've all felt like kind of vanilla to me until this one. Because um, they did mention in the in the commercial break that the fire pit scene was one of the, their favorites to film. I know we mentioned in uh, Christmas by Starlight, you know, the dates that don't end. This is a conversation that doesn't end. They take it outside and, you know, it's like probably past midnight. They're stargazing, but they're talking about their past and their lives and it's so believable. It's so believable. It felt like they had no script, that they were just riffing off each other and then suddenly uh, Bethany Joyland realizes oh wait it, it's it's really late now shouldn't we get some sleep and Victor Webster is like should we and oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no no stay up stay up make out make out guys <laughs> another thing that I want to point out with this movie that I felt was so so welcome nobody was gossiping or like asking them about their feelings for each other so yes. this is they did the they did what show not tell is supposed to do you don't need a side character whose sole purpose is to ask whether the feelings are being stoked between the two leads you just have to show them falling in love with each other. And that's what these two people did. I think it's also because, you know why they didn't have to gossip? Because there was so much else mm-hmm. going on. Everyone else had an arc. No one's purpose in the movie was to bring their romance forward. No one had to because they brought it forward. You mentioned like them talking under the stars and obviously we get the tail end of a conversation of how Elvis's Blue Christmas was pivotal in mm-hmm. her life. And you think, okay, Chekhov's gun, obviously for people that watch too many Hallmark movies, you know that's a plan, you know that's a setup. But if you're just casually watching, you won't even remember it. And then, of course, they bring it up. They bring it up in the end. They, they plant another seed where Bethany Joy Lenz is singing with a crowd of people Christmas carols and Victor Webster isn't. Oh, because he doesn't sing. He's not much of a singer. Blah, blah, blah. Again, small detail. Ignore it. More of Chekhov's gun. We get to the ending. Obviously, we've revealed the deceit that has happened. They've both lied. There is obviously a lot of mistrust now. It's out of the bag. He is B. Turner. She has been lying. Why didn't they just talk it out? He leaves. But does he leave? No. He goes to a fucking town square, sings her Blue Christmas by Elvis with the bad impersonation and it's supposed to be bad on purpose because it's been established this guy is so uncomfortable with what he's doing but this is a grand gesture they dance in the square they just look so in love and you know what they just say i'm sorry like like it was nothing and this is a big this is a big problem they had it was a big conflict it's not some stupid conflict like oh your boyfriend acquired your company (laughs) and you didn't know This is legitimate problems. But because they're adults, they said, I'm sorry, and they moved on. My God, is it so difficult to be? Like, this is how you do conflict resolution. I mean, Patty, just just to say this, because I've been saying it ever since episode, was it four? At least there was a problem. (laughs) (laughs) At least. 
<laughs> at least there was a conflict. I I love the blue Christmas grand gesture. I have been subjected to all these West Brown movies. <laughs> not West Brown's fault. Not West Brown's fault. I have nothing against Elvis, right? But because of all the movies that we've watched, I, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Victor Webster managed to scrub that awful memory out of my brain and, yes, <laughs> made me like Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. <laughs> let's take them to Graceland. Let's do it. Let's let's remove oh Kelly Pickler <laughs> from our collective memories. Yeah, that's it. Oh my god. <laughs> Obviously, warm by the fire. And okay, just to like drop it in there, they have a very casual... Before the makeup, there was of course the breakup. And before the breakup, there was the kiss. And the kiss was just so effortless. They're walking in the square. Everything's fine and dandy. She's just told all of her siblings to fuck off because <laughs> obviously they're going to, you know, reveal the, the plot line. And she tells him secretly. She's like, hey, like, we think the other, we think Beth is B-Turner and obviously this is when the big reveal is, you know, done. And he's like, oh. Like, he's trying to act all cool and he does it so well, obviously. And then they're walking and I think they're talking, they're talking, but he just goes like, you know what I want to do? Or something like that. I forget what he said exactly. But he just leans in and he kisses her very, like, it's like because we knew already knew we already knew it was leading up to it this is how you do a shock kiss as opposed you know? to you don't have, <laughs> as Brooklyn as Colorado <laughs> where people yeah, just sporadically kiss each other I don't know this yeah. made complete sense needless to say for me the season of Hallmark movies in general has proven that ensemble stories can work this has been the most perfect example where the characters are hilarious and all of them had all legitimate arcs that we all care about will and suzanne's baby amber's culinary dreams fake beth and dad falling in love grandma and that accent and grandpa and just all of them coming together yes i could actually name all the characters and all their fake names like that is a testament to how much we cared this movie made me care it, it really is Hallmark version of like the family stone, but I'm here for it. Give me a sequel. This family is dead. Every sibling, every member of the fam- of the Ralston family deserves a mention. The grandmother with her Margot, her <laughs> fake name Margot. So My favorite is the brother. Cause so the brother and the sister-in-law, um, they're like work at work from anywhere. People just want to travel the world. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> and them putting on their pretentious, I don't know where accents you know talking about <laughs> oh yeah know. i was in paris yes berlin lovely city buenos aires <laughs> and and the sister-in-law i know candice lebeau i love her so so much we have a thing against flashbacks sometimes they're unnecessary and they pepper them for sentimentality but the flashback here where Fra- chef francesca or amber thinks about her mom and then and sees a video of her as a baby being taken care of by her mom and being fed and that just reminds her of her love for food and how she wants to prepare it like her mom even that mattered how clueless the grandpa was but how he just wanted <laughs> in and Walter, Walter. Er- <laughs> Oh my god! They're such bad actors. I we that. have never retained this much information from a movie, and this is not just because we just watched it a few hours ago, right? <laughs> I mean, 
everything, everything <laughs> counts everything. in this movie. Everything. What I felt about Christmas in Vienna, I feel about this because I felt like every interaction built upon the last. Down to, and I just have to call it out, I know this is coming out of nowhere, but they have this stupid like build a snowman scene and she obviously falls and mm. he has to take care of her. And this was like the first moment for me where I'm like, hello, uh, this is the big beast energy <laughs> where he lifts her up onto the kitchen counter like she weighs nothing and she probably doesn't. <laughs> and he just went to care for her. He goes into the kitchen that he doesn't own, looks for something frozen, takes off her boot very gently and is just like, this will help, you know, with, with the healing. And then he goes, I'm going to go make you some tea. <laughs> God damn it, that's a man who's going to take care of you. Oh my God, Victor Webster, come into my life and take care of me, please. He hasn't been around a lot. I mean, it, you know, he, he, he no. he's not like a constant in Hallmark no, season, he did Hearts of Winter. Yeah, yeah, he did Hearts of Winter with Jill Wagner. Right, um, last year. Yeah, I don't know if that was a Winterfest movie or if that was a Christmas movie. I think it was Winterfest, and then he did one Christmas movie with Ari Lofman back in the day, <laughs> where she was this hotshot shoe businesswoman. I can't. I remember. I remember all his movies because I remember every single. <laughs> Victor Webster movie. But the point is, he has finally reached the zenith of pairings. It is Bethany Joylands. It, it, you know what? I realized he, he does really well with One Tree Hill Girls. So he's done Hilary Burton, Summer Villa. Mm-hmm. He's done Bethany Joylands. So you know what? Sophia Bush, it's not too late to come into the Hallmark family. Come on, Sophia. Pair up with Victor Webster. Come through, Sophia. We know the triumvirate will be amazing. I mean, what what more can we ask for? Like, how how can anything top this? <gasps> <laughs> I don't know. So, guys, we are. I mean, obviously, this is a warm, scorching hot by the fire for me, Chinga. We are flying close to the sun, and I'm afraid yeah. that I might touch it. Icarus, <laughs> <laughs> well, be careful. <laughs> we we are more than halfway through the. 40 movies that we've had and Chingai and I were just having a rough conversation about this but we wanted to at the end of this recommend 12 movies and I don't want to jinx things but so far we're actually hitting-ish that number and we still have a couple more to go so I hope that we have a problem wherein we have so much to recommend like today guys take six hours out of your life and watch all three movies at 1x this is one movie that you don't want to speed up you want to savor every no. second of it. Savor. Yeah, so we're gonna we're ranking them in our heads right now. We know we still have a couple to go. We we're also gonna rank the bad ones. I think. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna tell you the ones to stay away yeah. from. I don't know if we'll we'll rank those, but we just wanted to like let you guys know that so far, at least these three are fucking amazing. Thanksgiving Go home run. Expedit. Yes. I feel like I just ate turkey and now I'm just, un, you know, unbuttoning my pants and watching some football and everything is good. And this is a good feeling. This is what Thanksgiving should feel like. I'm thankful for these three movies. Chingai, I'm, I'm so I'm, thankful. I'm so thankful too. I mean, it, it's it's been a roller coaster, but <laughs> we're past the, the bad part and let, let's hope <laughs> more to come. Fingers crossed for that. So thanks guys for joining us for this episode. We will see you on Wednesday for the last three of the uh, seven-day Thanksgiving marathon from and homer channel and it'll be business as usual for the next 
three or four episodes after that with our weekly episodes. So thank you so much for sticking with us every other day as we pepper you with inanity. Uh, <laughs> and thanks, Mingai, for joining Thank again. you. So guys, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at make it hallmark and on instagram at but make it hallmark we share a lot of goodies and just us squeeing about more movies so thanks everyone we'll see you on wednesday we'll see you next time see you next week merry Merry Christmas. christmas